Welcome to Nanny ABC's Next Step Podcast, a series of interviews and monologues featuring the leaders of the at-home child care industry created to elevate agencies, caregivers, and the families they serve. Nanny ABC's Next Step Podcast is here to provide you with the child care industry best practices to be clear, concise, and immediately applicable. Here's the host, Danny J. Nanny, author, speaker, and creator of the Next Step System for Agencies. Hi, and welcome to the Nanny ABC's Next Step Podcast. I'm your host, Danny J. Nanny. As always, this episode is powered by the Next Step System for Agencies, families, and caregivers, activating and engaging caregivers with ongoing career development through community, virtual courses, and live virtual training. That means making everything easier more immediately. You're probably an amazing caregiver, but it's a hard road to do that right away. It usually takes three months to be great at your job, but instead of stumbling backwards, you can just do it now. Today's show is about flexing your mental flexibility, which can be amazingly difficult. I've been thinking about a lot lately, and for me, thinking is one of those things that I can't stop or slow down, which would be amazingly helpful It's really hard for me to go to sleep. I think I've been avoiding that lately. Anyways, sometimes I ask people how fast they think because we're all different and I've never really thought about that until recently. And so I'm a former drummer, so I'll clap out how fast my thoughts are. Here's how fast I go. That's just like what's going through my brain. I'm like having all these different thoughts at once. It's very confusing. And I'm really not faking that. That's super true. That's just what that is. In fact, you might have heard that I slowed down. You might be a drummer. You might know rhythm. And I slowed down a little bit because that's that my thoughts slowed down there. So today's show is about mental flexibility. And as a caregiver or entrepreneur or agency owner, we pivot often. Often our reactions set forth a chain of other domino reactions. We pivot when the principals ask us to stay late. You don't want to, but how do you say no? Or do you just agree? It's really hard and complicated. There's a lot going on there with a personal and professional relationship. Or you might actually just be totally fine with it. We pivot when someone gets hurt. We scurry to grab all of the things. We rush back home, uh, maybe to the doctor. How ready are you to call 911? I know I've called 911 before. Someone had a seizure in my presence and I had to call 911. And fortunately, everything turned out fine, but it was it's not an easy thing to go. Everything is all right right now. And now someone's having a seizure. What is the next thing that I do? Luckily, I've told myself over and over and over again, if I ever need to, just call 911. It's better to do that than to hedge. But that is mental flexibility right there. How do you go from everything as being all right to uh, everything is totally changed? There are 174 studies that concluded the biggest factor of happiness in a relationship is, guess what? Flexibility. It is super helpful in a romantic relationship, sure. But you talk to people This is amazingly important there too. You're social, you're a person, you are probably a caregiver. So how do you react when someone cancels on you? We actually talk about that in this episode of how I cope with that. And what if they cancel because they have a really good reason? You know, does that change how you react? I'm opening up today and my guest is my girlfriend, Alice. And she she was hesitant to be on this episode, but I'm glad she was here. She's the source. She knows She knows how I react better. This is a white paper study in how mental flexibility actually works. So without further ado, here is our episode in introducing my girlfriend, Alice. 
Thank you for being here, Alice, on the Nanny ABC's Next Step podcast. I really appreciate it, actually. Like, truly, I do. Oh, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Is that actually true? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I really do appreciate it. I know it seems like uh, convenience, but it's also, <laughs> it's also, so this episode is about mental flexibility, and I thought I'd go straight to the source and actually ask you about like how it is, like how helpful it actually is. So with that said, how is my mental flexibility? You, yourself? Yes. Um, I think it's gotten better. I think you've, you know, in the same way that you can stretch your body and learn how to be more flexible, I think this past year has been really great for you. You've been able to, you know, become more comfortable with adjusting, kind of meeting anything that comes your way. Really? You think so? Yeah, absolutely. I think I react a lot of the same ways, but maybe I do think since becoming like a caregiver, I've started doing a lot more of what I think I value in people. Mm-hmm. I think maybe because I see it more, like I can see it reflected back at me and like children that I can see like, oh, I really want to build this aspect out of them. So I try to do that more. I mean, uh, candidly, we don't have like a lot of arguments. Like I can't really remember the last time. I'm sure it was awesome. Like it's big, <laughs> but I, we don't really have those. I think we're really good at listening to each other, reflecting on it, and not reacting so emotionally to things. Um, how is your mental flexibility, do you think? Um, I mean, I would describe my personality as very go with the flow, pretty flexible. Yeah, you're actually probably really more inspirational to me than that. <laughs> I really like and appreciate the ways that you handle the change, changes in situations and how things are going. Uh, I've never seen you take it poorly. I know that I personally take it not so great. I wouldn't say like totally poorly, but I have a hard time changing with what I've envisioned something will be and then what the reality is. And I don't think I'm like glorifying or fantasizing like movie aspect ways of thing, how things play out, but slight things really do like deviate. And, I, and it's a lot of energy for me to pull it back to where I want my focus and everything to be. Like to be in that moment better. Actually, I think I've pulled back and I'm a lot more just who I naturally am in this situation. So if I'm not feeling great, like I don't pretend to feel great. Mm-hmm. How has my mental flexibility improved? I think you used to be a lot more reactive. I think I used, there used to be a lot more of an emotional reaction when a plan would change. And I think some of that's been reeled in. Has it been helpful? Yes. <laughs> like how helpful has it been? Um, I think having a partner who's able to, you know, take whatever's thrown at you is important, especially since that's something that, you know, I have a good grasp on. It can be a little difficult for me to understand why uh, you have an emotional reaction to, let's say, like a plan changing or someone canceling or just something unexpected coming up. Yeah. To, just so for everyone to know, like I'm not terrible about it, but uh, I'll say that my feelings like get more hurt. Like I don't get angry. I just go like, oh, that's not really like, how I want a little sensitive. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm more than average sensitive. I'm more than a little. You're extremely sensitive. You really think so? Yes. Yeah, I think so too. But I, I have a hard time because I'm not other people. And I'm not this close with other people. And I actually think that you're like really good about being less sensitive. Like you're, you have this other complete reaction to things. Yeah, I'm not very sensitive. Yeah. What, what, hurt, what are the types of things that hurt your feelings? I don't know. I mean, I would say it takes quite a bit to upset me. I'm a little unique in that regard, I think. Most people tend to get more upset. Um, yeah, I mean, the actions of other people don't really affect me. They don't, they're not really my business and they don't really bother me. Yeah, some of that, I definitely know people where they invest themselves in other people 
in a very odd way. Like they put a lot of pressure on the way that other people do things and it really affects how they just cope. They think it's like uh, an affront to their being if someone else reacts a different way. I mean, great example, just like how political things can be really divided because it's like an affront to your beliefs. Part of what I've learned in, in being more mentally flexible is digging deeper in your emotions. And instead of if someone was feeling unheard or something that they reel it in and think like, why do I feel unheard? And approach it from that aspect. Also, I've learned changing routines is helpful in like learning how to use these other things, you know, because things are just naturally thrown at you differently. And I've also learned if you react a different way, if you tell yourself, I'm going to react this way this time, or this is how I'm naturally feeling, but I'm going to go the other way, that that actually promotes it more. I know that every time you think a certain way, your brain like makes these connections and they get stronger and stronger. But if you start thinking in a different way, you start creating these other connections and it goes a different way. And then that becomes the go-to way. So for me, when someone texts me, can you do this? I guess that works in a very caregiver way that you get asked to do things. My reaction might be like, there's a lot of things on my plate already. Like, I don't know when I can do this. But my go-to is always like, absolutely, I can totally take care of it. And then I convince myself like, how, okay, how am I going to take care of it? Is there things like that for you? Yeah, I mean, the power of positive thinking is definitely huge. The right mindset really helps you achieve what you're capable of, which, like you said, may be much more than you think. But on the flip side, it's also important to set boundaries about what is actually a reasonable amount of things to say yes to. Because when you're describing saying yes to anything that gets thrown at you, that's a very easy way to end up overwhelmed and end up in over your head. It's a really hard balance. It's a weird thing to have to work on or like see. It's hard to see these boundaries and it's hard to know when you've crossed them and it's usually Usually people notice that they've crossed them when it's too late. They're more, I'm overwhelmed and I don't know why, or I know exactly why I said yes to this thing and I really don't want to do that, or it's really hard to do this. Yeah, oftentimes people realize that about 10 minutes before the deadline is about to be missed. That's something I've learned is uh, not to say yes to everything. It's actually better if you can step back and say, that's actually too much for me right now. I can't fit that into my schedule unless you take something else off of my plate. And that's something that I found a lot of success with in the workplace is, you know, just being upfront with what's a reasonable thing for you to achieve. No one's going to be upset at you for asking for help or for asking um, for assistance with prioritizing. What they are going to be upset about is if you say, yeah, I can do that. And then you don't deliver. Yeah. uh, That translates perfectly to working with families and with children specifically. Uh, You're also really good at doing that in your personal social life, which I think is actually really important for caregivers because there's a lot of like blurry lines, you know, making a promise to a child or to a family. There's a personal relationship there. Even if it's professional, there's still a very personal relationship to that. And disappointing someone there is not like disappointing someone because you didn't get a report done or you didn't get this project finished. It's a much more like, I really needed those groceries though. Like you Mm -hmm. didn't fit that in. You said you could do that. And I don't know if anybody phrases it that way, but that's definitely probably in their mind. Yeah. It's a lot more, uh, a lot more complicated than like you said, turning in an Excel spreadsheet. But you also get invited to a lot of things and you are very, (laughs) you're very quick to say like, uh, no, 
which is would be very hard for me to do that. Yeah, I mean, I find with my social life, it's it's best for me to be a little selective about what I do in terms of, yeah, maybe I do get invites to several things a month. Um, this is obviously referring to pre-COVID times. Now I get invited to zero things a month. <laughs> but before, and you know, some of them would have been events that I probably would have had a good time at, but if it's going to drain you and, you know, make you tired the next day or make you, you know, if it's going to be too expensive, it's going to keep you out late, it's going to mess up with your schedule and it's not, you know, something you really want to do, then fine to say no. It's fine to say no and save those social opportunities for the events that are going to be the most meaningful. Yeah, that reminds me perfectly of how our friend Garrett said that we were old people now because of like us trying to keep a more regulated schedule because we know that it makes us work better and like during the day it's just it's just better. That brings me to thinking about just aging in general or the way that you might have a new job and all of these things change and then you have to be like extremely mentally flexible for those things to work. It's easy to burn yourself out in a new job. It's easy to let go of friends if you've started things. Uh, there's a lot of things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Is there any ways that I can be better at being more mentally flexible? I think the key is to separate the situation that's happening from the emotional reaction that maybe feels like more of a, a triggered response. Okay, but I think I actually do that. I think I think about like the next steps that are happening that, okay, well, now I didn't get this done and now there's going to be a domino effect. And that's what upsets me, not like the, the this didn't happen and I'm upset that this thing didn't happen. It's more like, down the line. I know that I'm going to be set behind and that's an overwhelming feeling. Yeah, I can pile up quickly. But it's not like the same as separating the emotional thing. I guess maybe there's still emotions there and that's not what I'm separating. Um, I mean, I know one thing that I've been struggling with is... We're in a bit of an unknown situation. We don't know when the pandemic's going to end. We don't know when we're going to go back to quote unquote normal. I don't know if I'm ever returning to the office. There's just a lot of ambiguity in front of me. And, um, you know, and you hear like you have one person in your ear saying the vaccines are going to be rolled out by a month from now. You have another person in your ear saying, oh, there's a worse strain coming from the UK. Like get ready for another six to eight months of lockdown. This isn't going anywhere. And it can be really overwhelming to, uh, to hear all those mixed messages and not know necessarily what is true or what to plan for. Um, what I found is that what's helping me is to just think positively, just think, you know, we are going to be out of this soon. And maybe that's true and maybe it's not, but I found for myself seeing the light at the end of the tunnel has been helpful for me to continue moving towards it. Yeah. Well, it's at least there someday it'll be there. That's part of your mental flexibility though. This, that is so great is even if it's not soon, you're good at adjusting that. Yeah, and, and it's fine. Like, I really don't want to have another birthday in quarantine, and my birthday is the end of April. I realize I very well may have another birthday in quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm choosing to look forward to to the idea that it won't. And if, you know, April rolls around and that's not the case, that's okay. We can just recalibrate, we can adjust, and, you know, figure out a way to to work through it, to make the best of the situation. I think everyone right now is learning ways to make the best of the hand they've been dealt. And as much as I don't like being stuck inside 24 hours a day, I get to spend so much more time uh, with you. I get to spend so much more time with my cats. Um, Uninterrupted time. And, you know, it's kind of nice to slow down a little bit. Yeah, well, everybody really has had a lot of changes happen to them, no matter 
big or small, there's a lot of changes that have happened and people have to deal with it. And, and it's tremendously hard and it can be tremendously stressful. I've definitely had the thoughts of like, if my parents get COVID, like, what am I going to do mm-hmm. and how am I going to react to that? And I, I put off a lot of things uh, thinking like, okay, well, I'll have to deal with those things when I get there. There's also another part that I don't know if it's helpful or not, but I, I am realizing that I plan for a lot of things and that that sometimes helps with thinking about like the pivots, but it's also like made up like that stuff might not happen. And then that can be hard. I guess like what we talked about at the beginning of like the way that things are happening. I know for myself, part of my mental flexibility that has helped is when I'm working on a project and I start, I can notice I'm very in tune with when the quality of my work less than what I, what I needed at. And instead of going forward and having less quality material, I actually stop, which actually sometimes puts me behind in what I need to do. But I know that in the end, the quality will be higher if I rest on it. And I, and I, you know, yeah, I realized that the quality will be better if I just rest. Well, yeah, you won't be redoing work that has mistakes in it or work that, you know, isn't a plus quality. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of things all of this kind of adds up to that there are a lot of things in self-care to keep yourself. You know, I know if I'm eating the right foods, if I'm being social the right amount, if I'm getting the rest that I need, if I'm doing the right amount of exercise, my balance in life, all of these things make me a better person. I'm much more flexible. I can do more things. I'm more positive. I have like all of these better like outlooks. I just attain. I am the best version of myself when I do all these things. And I know that when I'm not in the best state of mind, I know that actually that one of those things has fallen behind. It could be any of them, but I don't ever notice it. Like I'm doing less of these activities and that's going to make it worse in the future. I always find it on the other side, be like, oh, I haven't been eating right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, self-care is so important right now. It always. Yeah, but at always. the end of the day, it really sets yourself up for success. Because when you take care of you, you're able to take care of others. And, you know, you're a caregiver, so that's crucial to your success. But just being a person who's in relationships, a friend, a sister, a partner, uh, you're able to take care of others once you've taken care of yourself first. But what I hope people take away from this episode is another way to visualize another aspect of their self-help, self-care, to bring them to their better selves. The, the whole thing that started this is I read a study that said in relationships, the number one thing that equal to happiness is mental flexibility. And I thought, oh, that's so interesting because I really never thought about that before. And I think about like eating the right foods, Eat, uh, being social, all of those, all those other things that I said before that are now escaping my mind. But I never thought about being mentally flexible as a thing. Maybe I did like in the background, but I wasn't able to put a finger on like, that's exactly what that is. I know that I don't like being rigid and stuff, but I was never sure. I never had a phrase mentally flexible, like mental flexibility, none of that. And it's really helping me put another layer on top of things and going, oh, like I'm just adding that into my little pie chart of all the things that I need to make sure that I'm at my best. And if I'm doing all those things better, like that part is also going to be better. And that's something that I really value. And that is really helpful for me day to day. Yeah. I mean, I think flexibility is so important and having a good relationship, something I read, which I don't have any, you know, information on where this came from, but someone wrote that relationships don't succeed when both people are doing 50%. When both people are giving 50%, it doesn't succeed, even though that would in theory equal hundred, because generally most people aren't able to put out 
their maximum output. But when both partners do 75%, then they're able to reach that 100 because even if one of partners maybe doesn't have as much to give that day, the other person is giving more. And, you know, that's the flexibility if I ever heard it is, you know, just knowing that if you have to pick up the slack for somebody, you can. If you have to, you know, do a little bit more one week because one person's overwhelmed or feeling down or just busy, you can. And, you know, that's what makes a partnership successful. Yeah, it's just there and mental flexibility can help that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, you're welcome, Danny. All right. I'll see you in the kitchen. (laughs) See ya. That's our show. Shout out to Alice for being open and talking about our relationship, just being on the podcast. And also, thank you for deep cleaning the litter box. That is much appreciated. Here are action steps to aid your mental flexibility. One, think about your mental flexibility. I talk about personal core values a lot. Are you acting the way you want to in situations that change on a dime? I always imagine myself at a wedding. I really want to dance, but I'm nervous and embarrassed. But I told myself... I'm going to party hardy from now on. And that makes it a little bit easier each time. I go out and dance. I'm going to do it the next time. I'm becoming the person I want to be. And we all have things to work on. Two, you can do a thought record or a SOTAS. That is an acronym for situation, options, disadvantages, advantages, solution. You go through and you think about whatever is happening. Or you usually do this in retrospect. And you can download a thought record. I'll provide those on the nannyabcs.com slash blog. The blog for this episode, Flexing Your Mental Flexibility, you can just download one. And you go through it. A thought record is very similar, but it's slightly different. But in the end, it's very much the same thing. Three, make sure you are living your best balanced life. Physical, exercise, be active. Mental, spiritual, emotional, social, and environmental. There are more. Some include financial, occupational. I'll provide a wellness chart as well, but you can look it up also. And just keep those in mind. Are you eating right? Are you being physically active? Are you being social? That's definitely one that I struggle with, especially now. It's hard to reach out to everyone. And then sometimes you feel like you're the one that's always reaching out. Or is that just me? Is that just me? Could not be. Maybe it is. I don't know. Anyways, thank you so much for joining us on the Nanny ABC's Next Step Podcast. And I'll talk to you next week. If you would like to work directly with Nanny ABCs or add Next Step to your agency, go to nannyabcs.com to find out more and connect.